I'm Dylan Curtis, and this is the I'm Wondering Podcast. Well, hi, everybody. Hope you're doing well. Of course, uh, we're here for another week of the I'm Wondering Podcast. I'm really excited about this one. Uh, This is a great topic, uh, important topic, challenging topic. Uh, just the, you know, the stuff that's in my wheelhouse that I enjoy talking about. So I'm excited for, um, what we're going to talk about today. And, uh, again, hope all of you, we've gotten even more snow again. Hope all of you have stayed safe. Uh, the roads were kind of nasty on Wednesday night and early Thursday morning. So hope you were all warm and cozy in your house, uh, apartment or wherever you live. Um, but yeah, I am not going to waste much time up front here, and we are going to dive right into it. Um, I'm not even going to take a break, trying something different. No break between the intro and the topic starting. So today we are going to talk about, um, I've, I've framed it this way, I'm wondering, uh, what do you hide behind? Um, so this is a important question because we all have things we hide behind. Uh, And the reason that this topic came to my mind is that we've been reading a book called Encouragement by Dr. Larry Crabb. Uh, He has since passed away. I think he only passed away maybe a year or two ago. But he was a prolific um, Christian writer, uh, and especially he was a counselor. That was his main profession. But he spoke a lot to tons of conferences, wrote many great books, including this encouragement book that we have been doing as a church staff. Um, great insights. Uh, one of the my professors, my mentored formation professor, which is where I first read this book, actually, was for one of my plans in that class. He met uh, Dr. Crabb and said after only a few minutes of speaking with him that Dr. Crabb could tell him about his whole life, could tell my professor about his whole life, the way he believed he was raised. And to his surprise, uh, Dr. Crabb was almost 100% on uh, what this professor's life was like. So pretty amazing. Um, clearly a gifted gifted man um, in his profession, gifted in uh, his insights into people. And, and I would you know certainly attribute some of that to the power of the Holy Spirit working through him. So just somebody that, after reading his book myself, uh, I was deeply impacted. So I thought it would be good to share something from that. Um, it's specifically from his third chapter, uh, and that's really where a lot of today's podcast is coming from. Um, my thoughts after reading it, um, some of his insights, uh, and why it's important, um, the questions that he asks and the points that he's making. Very important for all of us to think about ourselves. So essentially, uh, he is talking about, um, by hide behind, um, he's talking about defensive layers. So what are the things that all of us kind of use to shield some of the more uh, intimate or inner parts of who we are? Uh, We shield that from others for a lot of reasons. Um, So he breaks this down using the Genesis narrative, uh, specifically Genesis 3 10, um, he's talking about the core of people. So Genesis 3.10, he answered, he being Adam, uh, when, when, uh, so some context, of course, 
the um, Adam and Eve have eaten from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, uh, the one tree that God asked them not to eat from. Uh, they eat from it, and then God comes back. Adam can hear God walking in the garden, and this is the point in which he goes and hides. Um, so God is calling out to Adam um, and trying to find him, um, and God, of course, knows where Adam is. It's He's, he's God, so he sees all things, but he's He's attempting to get Adam to come out from hiding, which he eventually does. Um, and he asked him, you know, why, why did you hide? Why are you hiding? Uh, and this was Adam's response in Genesis 3.10. I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. Dr. Crabb takes this verse and breaks it down three ways. So he takes the I was afraid uh, and says that was Adam's core emotion. He says, because I was naked is his core motivation, and so I hid is his core strategy. So um, the fall event led to century upon century of humans living from a place of fear. Uh, We are afraid of rejection. We're afraid of ourselves. We're afraid of being exposed for something we are instead of what we wish we were. Um, And you could keep going on and on. And at the core of humans is a conscious or subconscious fear that sort of centers around rejection. Um, And that's really what Dr. Crabb's breaking down in this chapter and in this book. Um, Really difficult stuff, I think, for all of us to work through. Very difficult stuff for me to work through when I read the chapter. Um, But in thinking about that, I also want us to think of the words of Paul in Romans 8.15 which says this, the spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, uh, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. Uh, We were slaves to fear before receiving salvation and the Holy Spirit. Um, And I would say, even, of course, in our salvation, we sometimes fall into the old ways of being fearful. Uh, We've been saved from sin, but in this life, we aren't completely spared from its influence. Um, So we still struggle with these fears that we face. Um, And we're going to break down those fears using uh, Dr. Crabb's work. Um, So starting with the core emotion or Adam's statement of, I was afraid. Sin entering into the picture, of course, changed everything. Uh, As Dr. Crabb puts it, disorder, uncertainty, emotional stress, broken relationships, and death were introduced. Uh, These were not part of God's original design. Um, Also, there are 360 times that the phrase fear not is spoken in the Bible. Uh, That, of course, is not the case because fear is circumstantial. Um, No, I would say that fear is characteristic. It's a part of who we are. Um, You know, as Dr. Crabb's talking about, it's at at the core of who humans are that we deal with fear. Um, And so this is at the center of us because of sin. Sin introduced this into the world um, and is something that we all, because of what Adam and Eve had done, we all face it. Um, But the good news is, is that God does not desire for us to live with this characteristic front and center. Um, But the effects, of course, like I said, um, because of sin being in this this life still, even though we've been saved, 
um, we still feel those effects even if we're not slaves to fear. Um, we are afraid. Uh, a personal example in my life, um, when I preach or teach, um, I feel a great de- degree of nervousness. Um, you know, and you might ask why. Why should I be nervous uh, when I've spent dozens of hours preparing, praying, and reading? Um, I'm afraid because I don't want to fall short. I don't want to seem maybe incompetent in doing my task. I don't want to fumble around uh, with my words and look like I don't have any idea what I'm saying. Um, I know I am preaching or teaching the Word of God. Uh, I feel sure that the Holy Spirit has been a part of every second of preparation in my presentation, but the effect of sin still lingers, and so does the emotion of fear on some level. Um, and Dr. Crabb has a great line that I think really it hit hard for me when it comes to this. This is what he said. It was, it was a fear. He was talking about his own personal experience, but I think this translates to all of us. This is, this is what he said. It was a fear that I would not measure up to the task, that inadequate preparation would lead to unacceptable performance, that I would be exposed as less than what I want to be, but what I fear I am. Adam's legacy to his children includes fear. Adam was afraid, and so are we. And I know I'm not the only one that that quote or that line from his work uh, really resonates with. I bet all of you probably feel that that's true on some level for you, that we're all sort of afraid of feeling inadequate or falling short um, and because of that, being exposed um, for something as something we're afraid of being exposed as. Um, so I bet you have felt this. This is a very core emotion a lot of us feel, um, that we have fear. There is fear in, in life and what we do. Um, and this leads sort of to the core motivation. Um, the core motivation, calling back to Adam, uh, he said, because I was naked. I was afraid because I was naked. Adam did not have an irrational fear. Uh, His emotions weren't unfounded in that moment. He was naked and now knew the shame that came along with that. Uh, He was previously naked before eating from the tree, and there was no shame or fear in that moment. But now that he had a different sin came into the picture and had a different influence on him and fear became a real thing, he now had shame because of his nakedness. Um, Likewise, I don't think we have fear because everything always goes right. Uh, We have fear because things can and do go wrong. Um, In these moments, we probably feel a sort of nakedness ourselves. Um, And with this nakedness comes the possibility of being seen as unacceptable, that people might reject us because they're seeing us in our failure and in our nakedness. And that's that's scary. That's the stuff that I think really breeds fear in us, is, is that we'll be rejected if we're seen as falling short and in this sort of sense of, of nakedness. Um, and Dr. Crabb, another great line he uses for this, he, Adam, realized that if seen in his falling condition, if exposed as a transgressor of God's laws, he would be rejected by the ultimate person. That was, again, his realistic fear. That is not, I don't think, an irrational fear, but a realistic fear in that moment. Um, And a realistic fear for many of us when we feel exposed on some level, 
the pain of rejection runs deep, uh, especially the more um, the more intimate or the more personal that certain characteristic might be or that exposure might be. Uh, it's one thing for someone to maybe reject us, if you will, based on superficial parts of who we are, like maybe the music we like or the clothes we wear, um, those sort of things. Those are more superficial, right? Like, oh, I, I really personally don't love country music, especially modern country music. I have friends who do, you know, and it's like, oh, gosh, you listen to country music. You know, that could feel like somewhat of a rejection, but it's such a superficial thing that it usually doesn't hurt all that much. And we usually just laugh about it. Yeah, yeah, you don't like country, we get it. You know, you do your thing, I'll do mine, no big deal. Um, No harm really exists on those shallow levels or those more superficial levels about not liking what someone else likes. What really hurts uh, is when someone rejects you on a deeper level. Maybe you've worked up the courage to share a struggle um, and it repels someone when you confess that struggle to them. Uh, Maybe I've had friends who were adopted and who felt a deep rejection um, from their biological parents. Um, Maybe you struggle with mental illness and the people you love most uh, distance themselves when you're having a hard time or, or maybe having an episode of some sort. These type of rejections cut very deep. Uh, and it's because you feel especially naked in that moment, especially exposed in that moment. Um, and that sort of stokes that fear emotion and causes us to really cover up as much as possible. Um, so people don't see those things that we we protect ourselves and put as much clothing on so people don't see those things. Um, Adam went into hiding, right? And, and we kind of do the same thing. We hide in our own ways. Um, we are very careful with how much we expose ourselves and to who we expose ourselves to, um, which I do think, I will say, I think is a wise, wise choice. Um, towards the end of this, you know, I'll make the point that we don't, we don't just go out and embrace total honesty and total openness. I don't think that's necessarily helpful, and Dr. Crabb doesn't believe that's the right answer either. Um, but the point just being that because we have this fear, and especially it being stoked by the idea of rejection, um, we find different ways to kind of hide those things um, and to hide ourselves. And, you know, the American Survey Center did a survey during the pandemic around friendships. Um, it found that 88% of Americans reported having at least one close friend. Um, and that seems good. Uh, but consider something else from this survey. Out of that 88%, in the past week, 31% said they had received emotional support. 37% said they told their friend that they loved them. And 39% uh, said they had a private conversation in which they shared personal feelings or problems. And those are pretty significant things in a deep, close relationship. Um, And those percentages are really low. Um, At best, you've got four out of 10 people who had a personal conversation where they could share feelings or problems with a close friend. Uh, These are not just associates. These are close friends. Um, And men in particular, shout out to men, you know, being in that group, are even lower on these responses. Uh, 21% of men said they received emotional support to the 42% for women. 25%, so only one in four men, 
who have a close friend, said they told their friend they love them, uh, opposed to 49% for women. And then last, um, and I think maybe most importantly, only 30% of men said that they were able to share personal feelings or problems with a close friend, uh, uh, and that's in contrast to the 48% for women. So even with our closest friends, there is this guardedness or hiding nature because we don't want to be exposed. And we, we don't want to be exposed because we believe if we were, we'd be rejected. Um, or at least that's the fear. Um, so how do we deal with this? How do we deal with this fear? How do we deal with this sense of rejection, which causes us to, to want to cover up who we are, to make sure we're not exposed or caught, um, you know, look, people seeing the nakedness of us? Um, you know, the way that we deal with these, that core emotion and core motivation is um, what Dr. Crabb calls our core strategy, uh, where Adam says, so I hid. The main strategy Adam chose was to cover up um, with leaves um, and to hide, hiding his nakedness, uh, a nakedness that he felt was going to lead to rejection. The sad reality uh, in our lives today is that Satan is more than happy to help us find our own cover-up. The big ones, of course, in our culture are typically wealth, uh, power, position, fame, Uh, Maybe for some younger generations, a social media following, you know, influencers is a big thing in my generation and younger. You know, a massive friend group, have as many friends as as possible, be really popular. Um, And the list, of course, could go on. Uh, I'm sure all of you personally maybe have some that come to mind as you're listening, Um, things that maybe you use to sort of hide uh, behind your fear or, or being afraid of rejection. Um, you know, and as Dr. Crabb puts it, fearful people committed to avoiding the terror of exposure will look for places to hide. Um, these are what Dr. Crabb calls defensive layers, uh, the things we hide behind. My defensive layer, um, some of you may know, <laughs> is my intellect. Uh, I believe that if I learn enough and show people I know a lot of things, then I won't be rejected. Uh, My worth will be clear. I'll be safe. Um, People want to have me around. They'll ask me questions. Um, And that's how, that's my defensive layer. That's what I hide behind. Uh, Especially if I feel threatened or I feel um, uncomfortable in a situation, I'll try and find a way to hide behind that intellect um, because that that makes me feel safe, if you will. Um, And the key with any of our defensive layers, whatever they may be, is that these layers help hide who we really are from everyone else. Um, We don't want to be seen, so we hide behind these things. Um, I've known people, close friends, who are super fun, really energetic, life of the party. Um, But when I've had one-on-one conversations with them, it's a different story. You know, they know that they're kind of using their fun and gregarious and social nature to sort of hide a deep, intimate part of who they are um, that they really only open up to with very, very close, trusted people. Um, But they want to be seen as that so they don't have to be exposed further to most people. Um, The straight definition, uh, Dr. Crabb gives us a very straight definition of this idea of a defensive layer, and he just calls it a layer. 
Um, a lair is whatever we do or don't do that is intended to help protect us from exposure and help us avoid whatever we fear, uh, which of course, going back to our core motivation, what we fear most usually is rejection on some level. That is typically where we're coming from. Um, you know, oftentimes people are communicating from behind these layers. Um, and the result of that is usually a very surface community. Um, people who never speak love into others' fears because they never have the chance to see that fear because we're hiding behind these different layers. Um, the church is really not an exception to this. Um, in fact, I've seen, uh, I would even say, seen moments where the church even strengthens those defensive layers in people, makes them even more defensive, if you will. Uh, you know, maybe there are certain expectations that are spoken or unspoken in a given church culture. If you comply uh, with those things, then you are fully accepted. Um, but again, it can be a very surface level exception. Um, and if you don't do those, you might still be welcome and, and people would welcome you to the church, but you're not going to really reach that sense of being part of the inner circle or really part of the community. Uh, and instead of inviting and enjoying the vast diversity of how God made all of us, um, there's sort of this set of foreign expectations that we put on individuals. Um, and Dr. Crabb believes, because he specifically, again, he's a Christian, so he speaks a lot about the church and Christian side of this. He believes that this is what often can lead to people leaving the church, um, being distant from it, or exhausting themselves in order to fit in, um, that they're trying to do all the things that are expected of them um, to be counted as one of the members, because they don't want to be rejected. That is a huge fear. Um, and sort of an interesting story around that uh, was something that happened with uh, Pastor Dan and myself. Um, we met a visitor uh, during a Saturday service. Um, this was several months ago, towards the very end of summer. Uh, and we actually spent a considerable amount of time talking with her after the service. Um, and I distinctly remember one of her questions during that conversation. She asked us, um, what rules do you follow and what are the expectations? Um, Dan and I both kind of stood there for a second. Um, and then Dan told her, you know, we don't really have rules. Uh, we believe people should have the freedom to follow their convictions, basically. Um, however, God is, is calling them to live. Um, you know, of course, we encourage people in their faith and want to build them up and, and challenge them even. But really, you know, how people are feeling convicted by God, um, that's what's most important. There's not this certain set of rules or standards that we've put in place that people have to be shoved into those here at Faith Community. We kind of allow people to have more freedom. Um, and she was really confused by that um, because her previous church experience had a lot of rules and expectations. There was a very clear defined, this is how you fit in and this is how you don't. Um, and so that was her background. Um, she wasn't Catholic, just so people know, because that might be one of the <laughs> assumptions you might have listening to this. She was not Catholic. Um, and her experience is really typical uh, of a lot of churchgoers. Um, we sort of get fixated on the rules we have to follow. What are the rules in this church in particular? The What does the culture expect? And can I follow those, basically? Should I follow those? Um, and it's really a lot of times not 
and, and this is just my opinion, um, there's a lot of times I don't think it's the right thing or the ethical thing to do, um, but it's just part of the expectation, if you will. Um, and I don't know that that's biblical. <laughs> I would say it's actually not in a lot of ways. Um, and church culture is important and sort of the way that culture forms is important. Uh, but to make people feel like they have to adhere to every single piece of that is not helpful. Um, and it does drive a lot of people away. Um, and people will comply, um, because they want to fit in. So they, that motivation again, to be accepted and not rejected, um, that fear that drives that they'll, they'll do what they can to fit in so that they aren't rejected. Um, and it really saddens me when I think of that. Um, cause that really wasn't the mentality that Christ demonstrated in his ministry while on earth. In fact, he often welcomed people in that didn't fit those expectations and rules of the group. Um, and people were very mad at him for that. Um, but Christ showed love. He showed grace. He showed acceptance to people um, and didn't reject them. Uh, he, of course, encouraged them and led them away from uh, some of the things that were sinful and, and very damaging to who they were. So that absolutely happened. But he always did it in a loving way, uh, in a way that spoke against the fear that was in them and accepted them um, in a way that many of us maybe struggle to accept people nowadays. Um, so I know we covered kind of a lot there and some of it's pretty heavy material. Um, this is hard stuff. This is really introspective things we have to ask ourselves. You know, what are we afraid of? How are we feeling like we might be rejected? And then what is our strategy? What are the things that we hide behind that we choose to, um, do in our life so that we're not exposed um, and, and opened up to this idea that we might be rejected if we were exposed. Um, so because that's been heavy, I sort of want to end on some encouragement. Um, from, from what you've heard already, um, you might be tempted to believe that the solution to this problem is total open honesty all, all the time. Uh, but that can actually be just as damaging um, because you can imagine what complete total honesty looks like and people would likely say some pretty hurtful things. Um, so that's not the solution. Um, I'm not going to walk through uh, more of that. Um, but if you are interested, uh, I suggest picking up a copy of Dr. Larry Crabb's book. The full title is Encouragement, The Unexpected Power of Building Others Up. Um, I think this book is beneficial to anybody who picks it up. Um, great, great book. Very challenging book, a book that really causes all of us to reflect um, on who we are and maybe the things we do hide behind or the ways that we interact with others. Um, but how I want to wrap up this episode again is with just some encouragement from what the Bible teaches us um, about how we deal with fear and about how we help one another um, as we work through this life. Um, so we've, of course, covered why um, this is the core of people um, with Genesis 3.10. Uh, and then we, of course, have covered how we are, <clears throat> excuse me, how we are freed from our slavery to fear uh, by the grace of Christ um, from Romans 8.15. Just a few more good scriptures. Um, 1 Thessalonians 5.11, therefore encourage one another and build each other up. To build, uh, we must know the foundation. To know the foundation 
we must open up about where we are at. That often means facing that fear uh, and sharing it with those who love you. Uh, again, that's important. I wouldn't go about sharing everything with everyone. That's not a solution. I've seen people do that, and that is not the solution. But finding people you know who love you, um, who can help build you up and encourage you and speak love into your fear. Uh, Romans 15.5, May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind towards each other that Christ Jesus had. This is a great benediction from Paul um, at the end of his letter to the Romans. A good reminder for all of us to have the same attitude towards others as Christ has towards us. The attitude is one of love, grace, peace, mercy, forgiveness, and more. Christ fully knows us, yet does not reject us because of his grace. Um, In the same way. We do our best to not reject others when they open up to us and instead speak love into their lives. 2 Timothy 1.7, For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control, the fear that we all feel, which causes us often to hide behind these defensive layers that we build up. Um, Those are not from God. That is purely on the human side of who we are, the struggle we have with sin. Um, But God desires to free us. Um, He does free us to enjoy his power, love, and self-control. That is his his desire for us. Uh, Thankfully, that is his desire for us. And finally, Galatians 6, 2, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the the law of Christ. The law of Christ is the law of love, uh, as Paul talks about in other parts of his letters. Um, If there's anywhere on earth, uh, I've said this so many times, but if there's anywhere on earth where we have the ability to open up about our fears and encounter the encouragement of love, it's within the body of Christ. It's within the church itself. So at the end of the day, um, that this is sort of the crux of encouragement. It is speaking love into fear. Uh, It is letting people know that the things they fear Uh, will cause rejection from others, will not cause rejection from us. That we will bear the burden with them, love them, and help see them through whatever it may be. Uh, And I pray all of you, when you encounter someone's fear, speak words of love into their life. Um, And I pray all of us receive that same response when we share our fear with people. Um, There's a lot more to encouragement that I am not able to cover today. Um, A lot more that could be said, um, but this was focused really on the things we hide behind in life. Uh, We all do this because it is a characteristic of humanity. Again, it's not just a circumstance, but a characteristic. But thank God for his grace. Thank God uh, we do not need to be held captive to these defensive layers and in slavery of fear. Instead, we are set free to love others and to be loved. Um, And that's the hope there. Um, The hope is that we are freed. Um, We do not have to be slaves to our fear, that we can love and be loved, um, that Jesus Christ showed us that, and that we can show that to others. So I hope this was good food for thought for all of you. Again, really encourage you picking up Dr. Larry Crabb's book, not sponsored. He's not sponsoring the podcast. Uh, Well, I guess the publishing company, because he has since passed, God rest his soul. 
um, but very thankful for the way that God has spoken through him and how that um, has translated to today and is helpful for individuals, for groups, for churches. Um, really good stuff, just powerful things, um, challenging things for all of us to, to think through and be aware of. Um, and to hopefully, I hope all of you know that you are loved. I mean, God God loves every single one of us. Anything that we could fear um, that would lead to rejection, Christ looks at us and says, I love you. Um, I died for you. And he was raised again. Um, so we can be confident um, in that Christ has done everything for us and loves us despite how messy and exposed we sometimes are. Um, so I pray that encourages you as well um, in, in any fear that you have and um, in helping love others who are dealing with their own fears. Um, and to end here, uh, I got, of course, an I'm wondering question. You know, something simple. I'm wondering, do you prefer a handshake, a fist bump, or a hug when greeting people you know? This came up in the office today, and so I thought it would be fun to ask all of you what you prefer. Um, you know, believe it or not, people might be surprised by this. Uh, I actually prefer a hug the most. Um, and people might not realize that actually the person who I was talking to in the office had no idea that I am a hugger. So there you go. You learned something new, but you let me know. Uh, you can email the I'm wondering podcast at gmail.com. Let me know what you prefer. Or if you see me in person, you can give me a handshake, a fist bump or a hug. And, and then I'll know what you prefer. Um, but yeah, for now, uh, I'm Dylan, and this is the I'm Wondering Podcast.